Coming to you live from a fogged out apartment somewhere in the United States, it's the TH Cinema Podcast. to the DH Cinema Podcast. My name is Dan, and with me as always is the Vladislav <laughs> and Deacon to my Viago. That was a tough one to get out there. I don't, what is that? It'll have context with the next one. Okay. The Nadia and Nandor to my Laszlo. <laughs> <laughs> Snort. Hi. Silent John. Hello. And Frank couldn't be here today. So we just finished smoking a little bit of weed. Weed. Smoking the weed. And getting a little bit high. And tonight, I I don't have any context for it, but we're going to be hunting some wilder people. <laughs> You're damn straight we are. And you you know what? You don't need any context. I, I think whenever you get a Taika Waititi film thrown at you, you're going to take it, you know? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take anything Taika Waititi's thrown my way. Yeah, so. you will. Yeah. <laughs> But before we get into uh, the rest of our Jurassic June with a very loose connection. <laughs> we're just hanging on by a little dino thread at this point. Because we're ready to jump into the Taikaverse. That's right. <laughs> we have a little bit of movie news. So this week was pretty light. So we're also reaching for straws here. <laughs> uh, firstly, Brad Pitt came out in, what was it, Snort GQ? Yeah, he's on the cover of GQ this month and did an interview saying that he feels like he's like on the his like last like trimester of acting like he could be retiring soon man it's one of those harsh realities that we all knew was coming but i don't know i don't feel like that means retirement is like imminent for brad pitt you know yeah i mean he's always gonna be brad pitt (laughs) yeah i mean george clooney doesn't really clooney around as much as he used to clooney and we're all okay with that why, why not let Brad Pitt have the same? You still get a, a little slice of Clooney here and there. And I, I feel like, like you said, Snort, like you're, you're going to continue to get that slice of Pitt. And I, I, I want that slice of Pitt. Maybe we get, I don't know, what, five, ten more years out, out of him? Yeah, and by that, everything's going to be holograms and uh, <laughs> fake, deep, fake actors anyways. So. Those things honestly freak me out. <laughs> I hate them. It's the future. It is a very scary future. Keep seeing the fucking Tom Cruise one. It makes me so mad. Well, one thing in the near future that I'm very excited for that dropped a trailer this week, and again, grasping at straws, is the season three of What We Do in the Shadows. But hey, it's our guy Taika. Yeah, I don't feel like we're grasping. This is a very Taika-themed episode we have here, and we all love this show. And the the I think the trailer has gotten all of us excited, I'd say, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. What what is everyone's like most excited thing from it? I mean, baby Colin Robinson. <laughs> it, it has to be baby Colin Robinson and his newfound interest in musical theater. <laughs> he stole season two, hundred percent, and I'm excited to see what tiny Colin Robinson's going to be doing throughout season three. Snort, what are you looking forward to? Well, obviously, Nadja is my favorite, so I am looking forward to the Nadja uh, nightclub. Where she is trying to eat rich people. I'm here for it. Boss ass bitch, Nadia. <laughs> what's the little doll doing? I don't know. I don't. I didn't see her at all in the trailer. 
I don't know. Did I just miss it? Was she there? No, I don't know. That's oh, what I'm saying. Okay. What, what do you think she's doing? Does she work at the club? Uh, I, well, ooh, maybe she manages it. <laughs> do you think she manages it and then there's a power struggle? <laughs> and then the doll just takes it over? Maybe. I, I'm very excited to also see uh, the the 37 wives of Nandor. <laughs> this fucking guy, man. Always get himself into some predicaments. And then I'll take whatever whatever Guillermo they've got going on. I love like vampire hunter, badass <laughs> Guillermo. Yeah, I am excited to see what happens with that. Yeah, I don't feel like, I mean, he was in the, the little teaser trailer, but I don't feel like you got a lot of him in it. And I'm very intrigued by his story, I think, out of everybody else. I'm hoping that with Taika working with Rise Darby uh, on Our Flag Means Death mm-hmm. so recently, maybe we get a little bit more uh, werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> that would make my whole year because that's the best part of the movie to me. <laughs> They've got to throw some great cameos. They always do a really good job. Yeah, in every single one of his shows. So I would love to see some Rise Darby pop up this season. I would be very excited for that. Maybe uh, keep your eyes peeled for the movie we're watching tonight. Ooh. <laughs> That's exciting. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Okay, well, you know what else is exciting? Hmm. Chris Hemsworth getting buffed as fuck <laughs> for Thor Love and Thunder. I think Natalie Portman kind of stole the show in the trailer and nobody really noticed. Dang, he took that personally, didn't he? Yeah, apparently he got, like, the buffest he's had to get, like, for any of the movies so far. Look, in my opinion, this dude is just consistently buff. So how do you, how does Chris yeah. Hemsworth get buffer? You know? <laughs> I don't know, man. I've been watching some old, like, 2000, early 2000s wrestling stuff recently, like Old Rock and stuff. <laughs> right. And I look at Old Rock and I look at New Rock and the bodybuilding weight muscle showing technology in protein powders and everything has changed so much in the last 20 years. It's ridiculous to think that this like muscly doughy looking dude turned into the rock. Right. Same thing with the Chris Pratt. So when you're starting with a base like Hemsworth and you throw all that just working your way super workout technology on top of it, they just turn into mutants and you get Chris Hemsworth. But I also wonder, too, and I don't think he addressed it, but isn't he playing Hulk Hogan? What? Are you guys not aware of this? No. Oh, brother. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost, what are you talking about? I'm almost positive he's, like, playing Hulk Hogan in a movie. Like, I don't know if it's, like, an exact, like, biopic about him. Dan, you can, you can Google this and, <laughs> and fact check me on this. But from when it got announced, it's, it's been a while, so you would think that he's, like, bulking up for that, too, potentially. This is like live on air movie news drop. Literally, because I'm <laughs> pulling up an article from six hours ago. Whoa, is it really? Chris Hemsworth on whether his Hulk Hogan biopic is still happening. Uh, maybe? Dang, that kind of... See, I got excited for it, so that maybe is kind of crushing me now. Well, maybe that's why your manifestation powers were called into play right now. This was legit six hours ago? Six hours ago. I haven't seen anything about this in so it's long. It's because Todd Phillips was attached to direct. Why? Okay, now why and are we getting busy with Joker two no. musical? Why are we getting Joker two when this is could be a thing that's happening? <laughs> Joker two can wait, guys. I'm just happy that I was at least like right. <laughs> it wasn't like uh, I don't see any of that. Like you didn't have a dream about this. I very well could have dreamed this at one point. 
It was both validated and then immediately <laughs> taken away from you. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel you could hear me getting hyped up about it, and then you hit me with that, and now I'm just like a whoopee cushion. <laughs> what about Chris Hemsworth as Hercules? We didn't say that. No, because Chris Hemsworth and uh, Chris Hemsworth and Loki, Tom Hiddleston are supposed to be Zeus and Hades. Oh. Yes, it's, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do Hercules then. Yeah, you want them to play off of each other. Right. Because you don't, you don't have anybody better than Tom Hiddleston for Hades at this point. <gasps> I don't know that. Unless you're talking about the Pizza Papa. You would do a good Hades. Did you say Pizza Papa? The Pizza Papa. What? The Pizza Papa <laughs> himself. What? From Spider-Man. Or no. Uh, what was he? Strange. Doctor Strange. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I had a lapse in my mind. But now I gotcha. So I rewatched that last night because it came out on Disney or whatever. Oh, yeah. Dropped on Disney, so I was watching that last night. And yeah, there was a lot more, Raimi, than I uh That's what she remembered. was saying. I need to watch it. But actually, so I was watching um, Hemsworth in Thor Ragnarok this week, just because mm. Dan. Um, and I realized while I was watching it that Taika Waititi, all he needs is Laura Dern at this point to get all three original Jurassic Park people under his belt dang he's almost got like a jurassic park infinity gauntlet right now and he's just waiting to snap and well he's got two sam neill stones mm-hmm. because sam neill also played odin in thor ragnarok in the play production oh i forgot about that <laughs> he did it was brief though wasn't it, it wasn't it wasn't very, very brief okay Cameo. wow you just blew my mind by a fact i knew <laughs> sam neill and goldblum in a movie together technically I'll, I'll count that. You'll allow it. Yeah, I'll allow it. But the movie tonight, we are also. Uh, but the movie we're watching tonight also has Sam Neill in it. Yeah, Sam Neill is, I would say, probably the last link to Jurassic June, but also the finish of Jurassic June. Um, he is in the movie Hunt for the Wilder People, which we'll be watching tonight. This is a, uh, this is a fun little ride. It, I would say it's more of like a action comedy in the most taiko way possible and obviously it has tons of heart it has some pretty funny side characters that we will meet along the way and it's an all-around fun time that i'm excited for you guys to watch i'm really excited to watch this because i like anything that taiko does so i feel like i'm gonna love this movie just going into it yeah i'm in the same vein as you and plus i do know you know there's gonna be some sam neil which i appreciate there's gonna be Potentially some Rise Darby, which I appreciate. <laughs> Very much so. And then I also the the kid from uh, Deadpool 2. And, and this movie was legitimately the reason why he got uh, cast in Deadpool 2. I read earlier today that Ryan Reynolds watched this movie and liked this kid enough to want him in Deadpool 2. It sounds like a Ryan Reynolds thing to do. <laughs> that's, that's a fun fact for, for this kid. Good for him. So you've got two pre-MCU alum. Yeah, technically. Oh, yeah. Starring in this movie. I was trying to make sure there wasn't a third. I guess, no, technically there is a third. Well, you know Taika's in all of his, his work. Oh, okay. So yeah, that yeah, counts. Yeah. The Hitchcock of it all. Yes, of <laughs> course. Which, another brilliant little role for Taika that he wrote for himself. You can't you can't ever be mad about something like that. I do like seeing a little bit of Taika here and there. I want I want more of it. I, I think maybe he'll start getting more into the, the acting side of things. Hopefully. I think he's doing a fucking bang-up job of being a director and an actor at this point. I mean, he did Our Flag Means Death. He voiced in Lightyear. Mm-hmm. He, I'm, he voiced in Thor, Love, and Thunder, I'm sure, because mm-hmm. Korg's, Korg's in it. In it yeah. you know? 
he's doing everything all at once, everywhere. He's a very busy man. He is the reason for everything that is on that bagel right now. He is legitimately attached to like a thousand things at a time now. And I think we're all here for it. Yeah, getting to that uh, Jordan Peele level of just like producing stuff also, you know, getting the young up-and-comer under your slate. It's a brilliant move. It really is. Well, I'm excited to watch this movie. I have no context about like what the plot is. I know the people that's in it, and that's about it at this point. John, would divulging anything plotly fuck things up for the journey, or? Not really, but I'm on the vein of going into movies blindly i think that's the best experience I, I can divulge stuff if you'd like but that's my recommendation okay i'll take it yeah i follow your recommendations on stuff like this okay because usually you end up with something like swiss army man at that point. <laughs> <laughs> i think you guys will probably enjoy this more than swiss army man not that you well at least some of you maybe didn't but i think this is an easier watch than swiss army man can you imagine like uh fucking white radcliffe fucking joint Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Throws some Elijah Wood in there at the same time. <laughs> he makes the movie. Elijah Wood's playing Daniel Radcliffe, and Daniel Radcliffe's playing Elijah Wood, and it's a buddy movie. Wait, did we, we already, we did I already this. pitched this? Yeah, we, in, we already in pitched this. In the garage. This. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, did. you guys talked about this on 420. This is what I walked into the garage to. We just found the director. <laughs> Taika Waititi. Yeah. 100%. So we just need to keep talking about it over the, you know, the course of months and years, and eventually... We'll just will this motherfucker to existence. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe or Elijah Wood, if you're out there, we have an idea where you both play each other and you're on your way back from a comic book convention. It's kind of like a buddy comedy meets coming to terms story. For some reason, I wanted to say murder mystery. Oh, I wanted to say a heist. There's a heist and a murder mystery involved also. (laughs) But it's got a lot of action, it's got a lot of heart, it's got a lot of laughs, and it's got a lot of scares. It's everything. <laughs> Everywhere. All at once. All right, well, walking into this motherfucker blind, are we ready to walk into the woods and hunt some wilder people? I don't know about that. I'm ready to watch Hunt for the Wilder People. <laughs> I'm ready to go into fucking battle. Ooh, let's go. And now, our feature presentation. Norton John found the movie and bought the snacks and we're back and we just watched The Hunt for the Wilder People. Guys, what did you think? I loved this movie. I thought it was a fucking delight, John. I loved this movie as well. Like this movie was incredible. It really is just like such a, like you said, Dan, a delight. It's it's like one of the most feel-good movies I feel like I've ever seen. It is, it's is—it's got a little bit of everything. Yeah, and it's a beautifully shot. I mean, having New Zealand as a backdrop, that's kind of like easy mode. You know what I mean? But I, I feel like they really explore the beauties of New Zealand. And, and I don't know if you guys kind of got this vibe, but this movie gave me strong like Wes Anderson style vibes to it. Yeah. Just, just set in New Zealand. Yeah, I thought that a couple times. The way it's shot, but also the editing of this movie, like the cuts and everything, like the montages and stuff, just chef's kiss. Yeah, and Taika Waititi does something very well where he does this heartwarming, like, anger. You know what I mean? Like, whereas, like, uh, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, where they kind of do, like, heartwarming cringy. it kind of seems like everybody 
in Taika Waititi's movies is like an angry character, but like a lovable angry character. <laughs> Just frustrated with everything. <laughs> I think frustrated is, is the perfect word. It's a way to kind of humanize the anger. Like, yes, I'm mad, but I can kind of poke fun at it. Or I really do care, so I'll get over it. Yeah, and overall, the movie was a completely sweet story. You know, a couple of sad Disney up moments, but aside from that... I feel like those kind of sad Disney moments are honestly a Taika staple, though. All of his movies kind of have that emotional punch at some point, you know? Yeah, and this one did not disappoint. We start our movie off with Ricky, Ricky Baker. The old Ricky Baker. (laughs) Played by Julian Dennison. Fucking great. I can completely see why Ryan Reynolds was like, get me this fucking kid. (laughs) Because this kid just fucking shines on the screen. He was hilarious. He was so funny. And it's it's one of those characters where he's a little shithead, but he's, like you said, snort hilarious. But over time, he becomes a little bit less of a shithead. Yeah, and as the titles say, that he's kind of a bad egg. <laughs> you know, he's into graffiti and loitering and all sorts of other things that end in ING. <laughs> Spitting was one of the things. The, that little montage was fucking great. <laughs> Him just being a little juvenile. And he's gone through foster family after foster family. And finally he's landed at this place that's kind of like in the middle of the bush, which is Australian New Zealand for the woods. And that's where he meets Bella and Hector, auntie and uncle. Where it seems like only one of them want our sweet little Ricky Baker. Yeah, we get we get the most gruffy old Sam Neill bushmaster walking out with a boar on the top of his fucking head out of nowhere. <laughs> Does Sam Neill play, like, the most perfect, like, brooding, grumpy uncle or what? No, Sam Neill's perfect in this movie, and uh, Bella, with the short time that we have with her, she's very lovable and very just, oh, Bella. A couple of little fat jokes here and there. (laughs) A little, uh, you know, like, oh, that's okay. It's one one of those things where at first it seems like, man, she's going to be a real prick to the kid, but, like, you learn that she means it with love. Yeah, but Ricky is not sold on this place. You know, he gets a little weird room with a little weird beige bear. Obviously, like the sewing room that got changed into the kid's room. (laughs) And he forms this habit of kind of running away every night about 50 yards that away. And then just falling asleep. Yeah, but he had one of those hoodies on that like the hood zips and you're like in a cocoon, you know. So he had to make the decision that, okay, I am going to sleep. It's not just like. Oh, you lay here and fall asleep by accident. No, he's committed. Yeah, there's definitely a couple of scenes in here, very much like the Velocifaster, where it's like, all right, time for a scene change. How do we get from here to here? (laughs) We're going to take a nap. But it's a brilliant transition. And he does that a lot with this movie, too. And over time, Ricky kind of bonds with Auntie Bella, and she's out hunting with him, and there's birthdays, and she kills this giant fucking boar. One thing I want to say about his birthday is the song that they sing. The fun fact about this is they didn't realize that they couldn't use actual happy birthday song. So the song that she sings, that is all improvised. They came up with it like the day of. And it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I could just see Taika Waititi reacting to that information. Like, (laughs) what? That's pretty crazy, though. That's fun. Ricky, Ricky Baker. Well, my favorite part, too, is, like, when the when Ricky starts singing along with her, too. Like, he's just super into it. Yeah, but he's also half kind of doing that to get at Sam Neill. <laughs> Who just looks absolutely disgusted by the whole scenario. Just not amused <laughs> at the fat child in his home. 
And then we get our Disney up moment when at some point Ricky kind of like comes walking around the back of the house and there's Bella lying on the ground with Hector over her crying and then we cut to the funeral of Bella. The man, the myth, the legend shows up himself. And he picks the saddest time of the movie to show up. Come on, Taika. Do you think he wrote that role with himself in mind? I think so, for sure. Yeah, I would I would hope so. <laughs> and after Bella's gone, we've got, you know, Sam Neill kind of grieving around the house and not knowing what to do with her ashes, except put them in a box and forget about everything. And then he gets a letter from the Child Protective Services folks. And I, I'm not sure about the timelines of how long Ricky's been with mm-hmm. them at this point. You know, I would assume at least a couple of weeks because he stopped running away. <laughs> Sounds about right. But without Bella around, they're going to take Ricky away. And Sam Neill, you know, while he does give a fuck, he's still going through shit. So he's just like, fuck this. You know, you're better off without me. I'm going to go live in the woods because that's what I do. I'm the Bushman. Well, not the Bushman. <laughs> We'll get there. (laughs) And Ricky decides that he's going to run off into the woods first and fake his own fucking death. (laughs) Like any juvenile would. I mean, it sounds like a brilliant plan. And as any teenager knows, you always leave a note. Did Did he leave it to the barn that he burned down? Is that where he nailed it to? I don't think he expected the entire barn. I think he just expected the effigy to burn. Yeah, he did take that one through all the way. Yeah, we know he has experience burning stuff, so... Yeah, I guess he started a whole damn fire later in the movie. (laughs) You're telling me you can make a fire in the wilderness, but you didn't expect the whole barn to burn down? So Ricky ends up going out into the bush by himself, inexperienced with a bag of sandwiches, a gun, and a dog named Tupac. (laughs) Uh, whenever they said, whenever he called for his dog earlier in the movie, and when his dog's name was revealed that it was Tupac, that was definitely a moment that got a snort <laughs> laughing. <laughs> what, the, what a funny name for a dog. Yeah, but Ricky is unexperienced out in this bush, so he just kind of takes a nap so we can get to Sam Neill showing up, Velocipaster style. We gotta just progress the story. And Sam Neill shows up and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) You idiot. You're gonna die out here. So he starts taking him back so that Child Protective Services can take Ricky back to wherever. And then Ricky starts making fun of him for not knowing how to read. (laughs) And Sam Neill tries to take a swing at him, I guess. (laughs) Like, that's how I'm seeing it. He got his grumpiest at this moment, yes. He balled the fist up and he, he went for it. And in the moment, breaks his fucking ankle. <laughs> Just a perfect old and young. <laughs> you've got the young kid who's here, you can't read, and then you've got the old man who literally breaks something by moving forward a few feet. I mean, it's almost poetic at this point. Come on. So now you got grumpy-ass Sam Neill <laughs> stuck on the ground, can't walk, stuck in the bush with this kid. How long is it going to take to heal? A couple of weeks. couple weeks, man. This was supposed to be a day trip. A three-hour tour. <laughs> no, I think this was Sam Neill supposed to be disappearing into the woods by himself. Yeah, you've got to be pissed. You've got this whole I'm going to run off into the woods plan going, and now oh, i got to take this fucking kid back out. Well, first got to put out a fire, then i got to go find the fucking kid. 
<laughs> so we end up at Camp Broken Foot, where Sam Neill is just kind of doddering around, and I'm assuming that Ricky's taking on more and more of the responsibilities. Like, I was looking at the little setup that he had at the camp, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, first a broken ankle, pretty sure you're not the one that's stringing stuff up. Right. You're, like, pointing at stuff, and mm-hmm. Ricky's doing the, the work. And in doing so, they start bonding over the bush lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Is it is it bonding or is it just kind of like coexisting, you know? <laughs> I mean, you're seeing a little bit of more back and forth yeah. than previously. I, th- I think uh, Hector is realizing that he kind of has to rely on old Ricky Baker now. He has to be nice to him. <laughs> and six weeks go by, five weeks go by, and they are able to hobble themselves out. And they come across a little cabin. Yay. But oh no, there's a twist. <laughs> They've apparently been on the lamb, unbeknownst to them, because the cops are out looking for him in force, because essentially Sam Neill has accidentally kidnapped this kid. I mean, when you go missing for a little over a month, what else do you expect to happen? <laughs> and while they're coming to terms with what's going on and trying to figure out what they're going to do next, we have the entrance of the hunters, the three boys, hunter bros, and shit just gets real. Shit gets really real. <laughs> They assume that Sam Neill has taken Ricky into the woods to do untoward things with him. And Ricky doesn't help the case. More than a few times, he does not help that situation. (laughs) And I think the one thing that Hector hates more than anything is being called a pervert. Oh yeah, Hector ain't having none of that shit because he goes after three fucking guys. Did you see the buddy in the background, how (laughs) happy he was getting that, like, we're going to get in a fight. We're going to get in a fight. Say it again. Say it again. I'm glad you saw that face also. (laughs) He just looks so goofy back there. Oh. (laughs) You know, the direction from Taika was just like, look excited. (laughs) That's his excited face. But they bust their way out of there, disarm the, the hunter's guns, and Ricky's a badass, and they fucking go off into the woods. And this is where they really start connecting and getting to know each other and bonding as adopted father and son over living in the wild because neither of them wants to go to prison. Sam Neill, if he gets caught, he's going to go to prison, obviously. He's an ex-con. And if Ricky gets caught, he's going to go to juvie. So why not live in the fucking woods? And man, it seems like they're rocking it. They've got it figured out. They're working well together. Oh, yeah, they're living their best life out there. At this point, they're just a well-oiled machine. And, and it's nice to see how the wilderness brings them together. I, I like how, kind of like we said, they have to rely on each other. That relying really kind of shows the love that they start to have for each other. And this is where the, the movie really starts to tug on those heartstrings. Yeah, and you get a lot of beautiful fucking majestic-looking shots. Majestically. <laughs> Very majestically. And they're kind of like, you know, raiding cabins and stuff like that as they're going around for supplies because, mm-hmm. you know, bush people. Gotta survive. And they come across this one ranger cabin and they find inside, like, this ranger that's like a zombie, <laughs> but not quite. Almost dead. Yeah, we never uh, we never find out what happens to the guy, but their intentions are well. Even though they're on the run, the first thought is to save the guy. What can we do to save this dying zombie? And what they can do is Sam Neill can stay and watch over the zombie and make sure he doesn't turn. And Ricky can run off into the wilderness and go try to find some help. And this feels like a really big moment, I think, in their relationship. Because Hector might not necessarily trust him entirely to do this. But the fact that he 
accepts and lets him go out there on his own. They, they've definitely grown as as this, this tandem. Yeah, because Ricky was definitely, I'm I'm the one leaving. <laughs> like, Sam Neill says, one of us has to stay with him. <laughs> Ricky's like, have fun. Laters. Well, and you know, Sam, he's sitting there with his ankle like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll stay here. Don't worry about me. And Ricky ends up stumbling across the girl on the horse who takes her to the house of Selfie Dad. <laughs> Biggest pothead dad of all time right here. <laughs> oh, Ricky Baker, mate, what's up? If this was the Americanized version, he definitely would have been in like board shorts and a white tank top. Oh, for sure. Well, when he came out, too, like, I thought it was, like, the brother. Like, I did not think that that was the dad. (laughs) And Ricky ends up just kind of chilling at their house. You know, they call for help. It's going to be there in the morning. And Ricky just eats some sausages, listens to the girl play some guitar, and takes another nap. (laughs) He's a tired boy. The song was so relaxing. It was like a jigglypuff. But he wakes up in the morning, and oh, no, he should have gone back up the mountain or whatnot to go warn Sam Neill, like, hey, the cops and, like, paramedics are going to be here in the morning. We need to make sure we're not there. But he fell asleep. So he rushes off, runs off. And he ends up back at the ranger station. They're evacuating the almost zombie in a helicopter. And Sam Neill's nowhere to be found. And there's fucking ninjas. (laughs) And there's fucking dire wolves. (laughs) And Ricky's got to get the fuck out. Shit's getting real. Oh, it'll get real again later. Well, and you can't forget his arch nemesis, Miss No Child Gets Left Behind. The Terminator herself? (laughs) Not Sarah Connor, the fucking Terminator. (laughs) Yeah, the little fight at the ravine. Like, that was pure Taika Waititi's comedy. Like, it's really steep. No, you you come over here. It was a hell of a standoff. The one that I love when when she starts calling him Sarah Connor. (laughs) Before she could do the chit-ups. It's just the small touches in dialogue. Wanted to make sure it was Terminator 1 Sarah Connor, <laughs> not T2. Not badass Sarah Connor. And Ricky China like survives throughout the wilderness by himself for a little bit because of the teachings that Sam Neill has taught him over the times. And then while at a waterfall, they stumble upon each other. And it's just kind of a knowing like, I'm proud of you. You made it. You get the, by yourself. The nod of approval. Yeah. And Ricky's got the, I'm really glad to see you. And I'm really proud of myself, too. Very cute moment. And cut into the next adventure. <laughs> because right after that, shit gets real again. <laughs> because we run into the Hunter Bros in the woods. These three just, like, I know the kids stole the movie, but these three just steal the scene every time they're fucking around. Well, and it's it's once again just, like, going through the bag. What is Baba, ba, ba, Baba Ganoush? <laughs> Baba Ganoush? And then he just looks at his friend with disapproval, like, why the fuck do you bring Baba Ganoush? <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think this uh, showing of the three guys, this one is the funniest one out of all of their appearances. But again, Ricky being a badass and Sam Neill being Sam Neill, they disarm their guns again and rob them and kind of take off. Well, and this is when, too, that they declare that they are the Wilder people. Oh, yes. This this is the scene where they say the thing. That's the title of the movie. (laughs) Wilder people. Well, it's like hunt for the wilder people. But now we know that we don't want to hunt for wilder people. We want to be wilder people. Yeah, and that's when, that's the moment where Sam Neill accepts Ricky into his tribe. Oh, yeah, he fully embraces him at this moment. Shit gets real part two. Are we talking about the Skux life at this point? Did Did they mention that here? Or is that later? 
I thought that was later, but I don't know for sure. Because I know he embraces that too, but I think that might be later. No, and I love that Sam Neill just, like you said, embraces it. The second that he says, we're wilder people, Sam Neill's like, yeah, we're wilder people. I'm with you, bro. Get it right, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Then we run into the giant fucking boar, the biggest fucking boar in the world, and we have a very sad moment with Sam Neill. It's never easy. Nope, but he takes, you know, takes the boar down and does what he has to do, and then we get kicked in the other nut because then we get to the waterfall and Ricky has brought along the ashes with him that Sam Neill had boxed up to forget about. And when he pulls him out of the bag, you fully expect Sam Neill to kind of be offended, taken aback, be angry, some kind of negative emotion, but he just thanks him and thank you for pushing me to this step and spreads her ashes through the waterfall. It, it's very beautiful. He finally gets his, his closure. I think he accepts having lost his wife and then up to the ash moment losing his dog. I mean, I think it's finally one of those like, well, it's time to release and, and move forward with my old friend Ricky. That's my family now. Wilder people. Wilder people. We're at the, okay, so the second act ends with a double sad hit. Because yeah. they fight off the board, they release the ashes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now it's time to continue the journey. Now it's time to move into the third act, which starts out with a fucking bang. Because that's when we run into the Bushman. You've heard of, of, of the Bushman, haven't you? Psycho Sam? Well, and what better way to come back from like those two sad moments than this, you know? Really raises your spirits up again. Yeah, anytime Rice Darby shows up on screen. <laughs> Just pure joy. Dancing around in full bush garb. And... This was the part where I stopped taking notes for the episode because I was just all in on Royce Darby being Psycho Sam. Well, and then it gets revealed that he's pretty much just a crazy conspiracy theorist <laughs> who lives in the woods. He's got a nice little setup in this little uh, air, Airstream trailer back out here. It's a tight fit, but he makes it work. No, he's got at least four bunks in there. <laughs> but the clapper's broken. He'll yeah. get to it, though. <laughs> I, I love the eccentric Royce Darby, though, and the interactions. Like, because Sam Neill... While he's frustrated and like any other time that he's dealing with somebody for the most part in the beginning of this mm-hmm. movie, Bryce Darby is just on board with it. He's <laughs> on board with Psycho Sam. He's like, that's my people right there. He's like, you are living the life I aspire to live to. <laughs> you are my hero. You've been out here 15? Fuck, I want to make it 20. Let's go. So they're living kind of a nice little life with Psycho Sam out in the middle of the bush until, uh-oh. They sniffed him out. All those ninjas and dire wolves, then police, government's coming for them. That's the last thing Psycho Sam wants to hear. No, get into the bunker. <laughs> you said the G word. The way the bunker he has he hasn't even dug out yet. The timing that he has in that scene. <laughs> we're pulling up the fucking thing and ooh, oh, oh, oops. All right, everyone play dead. <laughs> it only works if we all do it. Just fucking great. And they end up jumping into this fucking four by four <laughs> truck with Ricky at the wheel <laughs> and just fucking taking off like a couple of fucking Tennessee bootleggers yeah. through the woods. It's wartime, baby. They they gotta get moving. But Psycho Sam stayed back as Bushman, but we never see him again. What do you think happened to Psycho Sam? Oh, he's been out there long enough. 
you don't they, think, they don't capture Psycho Sam. You don't think the cops got him? He's no. fine. No, okay. he's fine. He's he was a bush. I actually think he's still currently out there as a bush right now. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. That was his whole I'll distract the government and Bush. That was then. Well, because when he jumps around and goes, ah, <laughs> distraction, distraction, Bush, <gasps> distraction. And it is war because they got fucking five stars on GTA right now because there are <laughs> fucking helicopters, cop cars, fucking military vehicles and ATVs after them in a great fucking chase scene. I mean, the boys kind of said it themselves. Shit gets real in this movie, and this is the pinnacle of real shit. Yeah, it's full-on war. Yeah, because they bring out the actual military. Like, <laughs> like I thought when the tanks. I thought I thought when the um like fucking child protective services lady was riding in the thing, I'm like, oh okay, she got in the police department's like MRAP or something, you know? No. But then no, no you've got full-on people in tactical gear going out to take out. This obviously 13-year-old that's driving this truck. <laughs> like it's fucking Fast and Furious out there. Kid drives like a pro all of a sudden. And he fucking takes that hard turn, goes back through the woods, loses two helicopters <laughs> in the woods in a red truck. <laughs> and I really thought they were going to get away when he crashed through the fucking fence into the right. junkyard because I thought he was just going to blend in with all the other dead cars. <laughs> and nobody was going to find him because they flipped their fucking truck over into the junkyard and... See, when that happened, the only thing that popped in my head was Jurassic Park. <laughs> Samuel. <laughs> the upside down <laughs> Jeep. So they crawl their way out. They're pretty much fucking surrounded at this point. And Sam Neill's ready to throw, them, throw in the towel. Can you blame him? <laughs> He's tired. Fractured his ankle. He's had to deal with Ricky Baker for months on end. You got five stars on us. I'm done. I'm tapping out, Ricky. Sorry. But Ricky ain't having that. Because <laughs> he once again accuses Sam Neill of untoward <laughs> actions in a last bid effort to get him to stay. I mean, it's a Hail Mary. Yeah, it's a... It's something. It's commitment to say. But Sam Neill just says, fuck it. Again, fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm not getting out of this. Just take me in, please. please. Get me away from Ricky Baker. And Ricky Baker subsequently shoots him in the fucking ass. Not on purpose, though. The, the clumsy cop, you know, came to save the day. And another gunshot startled little Ricky. And after that, we kind of get our little epilogue where Sam Neill does end up going to jail for this for a little bit of time. I'm guessing it wasn't that long. I didn't seem like it was that long. No, I don't think so. And Ricky ends up moving in with Selfie Dad and Horse Girl. But then goes and gets Sam Neill out of the halfway house to come move in with them also? Or did Sam Neill just re-kidnap Ricky Baker and go back into the woods at the end? No, I I wouldn't say re-kidnapping him. They went to go look for the, the extinct bird. Yeah, they were just going on a, yeah. on, on a nice consensual trip. <laughs> consensual trip. <laughs> look, look, Sam Neill's not a pervert, okay? This is very consensual. <laughs> no, I don't want Sam Neill busting through this door and punching me in the face. I wouldn't say something like that. And they lived happily ever after. And we get a nice happy ending written and directed by Taika Waititi. That was Hunt for the Wilder People. You're damn right it was. I am <laughs> Look, I am so happy that you guys finally get to witness this, this great Taika Waititi movie. And I think we can we, I mean, Nick Cage is one of our guys, but can Taika be like our other guy? 
Oh, he always has been. I've been on board this Taika train since he came stateside. (laughs) (laughs) I really, really loved this movie. I think this is probably one of the better things I've seen, like, this year. I've seen a lot of stuff. Yeah, it definitely had a lot of heart behind it, a lot of emotion. It wasn't super strange, like Swiss Army Man. Mm. It was very practical, but it was very, very well done and sweet and loving. and I loved it. It was great. Thank you, John. And it was so funny, too. I was surprised by, like, how much I laughed out loud during <laughs> this movie. Well done. Taika does some magical stuff, and I, I can't wait to see what else we get. Let's keep this train rolling. Yep, Thor, Love, and Thunder coming up. But before we get into that, it's the holiday, y'all. It's America's holiday. America. Fuck yeah. It's our motherfucking Independence Day. And as is the tradition of Americans in blowing shit up, being as loud and obnoxious as possible. That's us, yeah. yeah. Needing to be the center of attention in every scene. And just going over dramatic all the time. We're going to be watching National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> For America. This needs to be the official 4th of July movie. Independence Day, get out of here. We, we don't need that. We want more cage. We're going to set off the fire cage. It's going to be fantastic. Snort, this is your favorite cage. <laughs> I am so excited. I think this is the best 4th of July pick you could make at all. Yeah, and definitely a great replacement for Get My Wife's Name Out Your Fucking Mouth, Will Smith's <laughs> Independence Day. Oh, it gives me a mucky taste in my mouth. Yeah. Snort, say the thing. Say the thing. What? What's your line for National Treasure? The resolution. <laughs> so as I'm sure everybody's aware, we are huge Cage fans here, so that's going to be a Cage-tastic, fun fucking time. National Treasure, just over the top, blown out, love it. And if you want to watch National Treasure with us, go follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at THSIMA Podcasts. Make sure to rate and review us. And if you see three people eating so many motherfucking tacos, because they're really, really high, come over and say hi. That might just be us. Okay, bye. Bye. Call us the Wilder People. I thought you were going to say Wilder People because I said That's it, what I was going for. Oh, I thought you guys were waiting on me to say something. Yeah, Wilder, yeah, Wilder People. people. <laughs> Wilder People.
Look, I get it. You have a late night sausage. You're done for. There's no way you're waking up early the next day. <laughs>